Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Feel my heart begin to pound. You say you're tired and you just want to close your eyes and follow your dream down. Well, we made a promise. We swore we'd always remember. No tree, baby. Bucket list of concerts. Bruce Springsteen, Metallica, they both got to be right towards, if not at the top of the list. Who's your bu- bucket list of concerts maybe you've never been to? Or maybe maybe one you want to go to again? <sighs> That's hard because there's like bucket lists for concerts of people who have passed that I would love to have like seen. Prince. Pr- Prince, Bob Marley and the Wailers. That's a good one. That would have been a great show. And I'll be honest, man, I would have, I'm a huge Huge Beatles fan. I would love to have seen the Beatles live. Now we reignite the greatest argument in the history of ESPN Missoula. You listen to Nuana as now. 1029 ESPN Missoula. What's the debate? I got to know. I hate the Beatles, bro. There isn't a debate. I hate the Beatles. Colter, our relationship is not over. (laughs) I'm walking out of the studio right now. (laughs) See, See, hear me out here, though. I don't. I'm not. I'm not bagging on you for liking the Beatles. I, okay. In fact, I, I I told Tommy this. I actually had an epiphany this summer, and I called Tommy like three in the morning. And like the great friend he is, he answered. Good and, man, Tommy. Uh, I fully acknowledge that the Beatles are the greatest band in the history of American rock music. They're the most influential, perhaps pop culture vessel 
that ever has been bestowed upon our modern society. I think they changed the world in a, a, a greater variety of ways and perhaps more impactful ways than almost any other performing artist of any sort of the last hundred years. Uh, d- definitely in the in the in the age of television, I would say. I just don't prefer to listen to them. They are simple. They are pop. They are, uh, in certain ways, they're deep, but only if you're on the same drugs that they're on. Ah! Uh, I just, it's just not my thing, man. Now, if you go outside and your car is egged and you have flat tires and your house is on fire, oh man, we now know why. Oh uh, no, this we've been talking about this for four years now. This is. Uh, I'm going to respond to that. They are simple, beautifully simple. There's right. beauty and simplicity. Sure. They are pop, but if you listen to some of their non-poppy stuff, it's some of the stuff that's lesser known is better than the stuff that was blaring on the radio. Like you got to go deep and you have to kind of follow the phases. Like sure. I, there's like when you when you talk there's Abbey Road Beatles oh, and then sure. there's White Album Beatles and this and it's just like the genres within are like buddy, I I, I, I Okay. Here's here's the most frustrating part to me, is that I would f- fully admit that first of all, I like all humans. The majority of our, um, the, the majority of the time that we don't like something or that we, it's because we haven't given it a chance. True. And all we are saying is give the Beatles a chance. I have done the full thing, man. I've done from start to finish. I've listened to every album. Dude, this is not as like a lack of consumption. I've listened to the Beatles probably as much, if not more, than both of you guys. Just not by choice ever, except for when I was trying to immerse myself in it. I've listened to every album front to back. I know all of the... Sergeant Peppers didn't blow your mind. It was fine. Duh! It was Duh! fine. It was fine, man. God, his response is... It's like saying the Nets are the best basketball team ever. <laughs> like, give me a break. I know. Uh, I'm hurt. Here, I'm so here, hurt right now. Here's the thing. is, I, It's not that I, I, I don't even want to not like it. I want to like it. I fully respect it. I have great reverence for it. I love that you guys love it. I just, when I turn it on, it's like, man, it's pretty good. I feel the what? same way about soccer. I want to like it. <laughs> I turn it on. I watch my son play it. I try to juggle balls in the yard. But yeah, it's it? just not it. All right. Sorry. Next. All right. Well, we'll continue to explore all the realms of music. <laughs> Thanks so much for spending time on a Friday with us. If you missed anything in our first hour, fun first hour, Freddie Banks, Montana State Bobcats, new defensive coordinator, swung by the show, as did Derry Todd. He is a, a new defensive tackle, transferred from Michigan State to the University of Montana. And uh, we also had some fun talking just a variety of things, as we always do. Regime Seabrook in studio with me, Colter Nuanas. All right, let's talk a little bit about just the, the, the state of the NBA in general. I have a lot of questions. Tonight, coming into tonight's game, uh, a fun game, a huge game, the Golden State Warriors versus the Memphis Grizzlies. So Stephen Curry versus Ja Morant. I think this is, from a league perspective, a jackpot. They, this is what exactly what you would want for the 8 seed. This is how you would want this little play-in tournament to work out. You have one of your most established stars and a front-runner for MVP this year versus one of your up-and-coming stars. So let's just start there. Have you watched much Ja Morant? And if so, what do you think of him in the league? <laughs> I love the Matrix movies. Right. Right? He's Neo. He is. He's Neo. Like, he's he might be the one. His, it's so hard to describe his game. 
Well, because there's no one that's ever had what he's got. Bingo. Like, we can, you know, God, that guy reminds me of James Worthy. This guy reminds me of Vladi Divac. This guy doesn't remind me of anyone. If anything, he could almost be the Pete Maravich of this generation. Maybe, except for the... there's, There's... the thing that sets John Brown apart is that he literally has a 50-inch vertical, man. There's never been a guard that could jump, jump like this, that, dude. He, he's, like he's, he's, he's a bigger, taller, more bouncy Derrick Rose, but he's also even... It's not a good comparison, though, because he's no. not like D. Rose. No, either. he's not as... It, 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 he's a freak. He's a, I mean, he's just, he's, he's an anomaly. He's an anomaly. He's an anomaly. And it is just so fun to finally have an athlete that we can't compare to someone else. For sure. It is so nice. There's in, in build and explosiveness, he's almost a little bit like Dwayne Wade, but he's nowhere close to as flossy or smooth like Wade. His style is so much different. Like he, he's so much like where he's from, right? He's from middle of nowhere, nowhere. Kentucky. Yeah. And like, you can just tell he's got that unsophisticated nature to his game, which is what makes him so sweet to watch. It's just, it's hard work, raw talent, and just determination. Sure. It's it's not like this kid was blessed with, like, Kobe's abilities, you know what sure. I mean? Like, it's just... It's the culmination of hard work and not and, and and not being told what you can't do. And that's what I like about this cat. Like, he's not coming in with all this fanfare. He's not coming in with, like, genetics. I'm the son of or my uncle was right. or my aunt right. played here. Right. Like... This man was, he probably played on a dirt court in the middle of nowhere under a, under a dead tree and just went to work and, and perfected his game. And I love it. So this is an awesome game for the NBA. So that's, yes. that, that, that's, a, that's one thing worth noting. Second question for you. What do you think of this new play-in format? Are you a yay, nay? Are you, do you like it? I like it because it kind of adds, adds to it. I mean, I, I like the play-in game for, the, for March Madness. It just, it, it allows for upsets. It allows for... Conversation. It sure. allows for uh, that determination. How you, these two teams are on the bubble. Right. We're going to give them fight like dogs. Here's the last scrap of beef on the plate. You two dogs go right at it right now. And I like it. And people will tend to play harder to get in. The Golden State Warriors went on a five-year run that I would argue is among the greatest in the modern history of the NBA. The NBA to me is in. It, it, there's two eras. There's the the pre-merger and the post-merger. The pre-merger, the draft process was totally different. It was very territorial. There was very very little uh, quote unquote socialism going on. It was full on, you know, an authoritarianism basically in the totally. And it was the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers. And that was it. That was it. It was pretty impossible to compete through the '60s and '70s. Until then, the NBA ABA merger, which then did a lot of different things to the league. It brought the three point line into the league. It brought a lot of the great. Black Black superstars that in the uh, basketball world at the time into the league, the David Thompsons and the David Gerv or George Gervings, the Ice Man, right? I mean, guys like that. Give us the dunk. They gave us the dunk. Gave us the dunk. The dunk contest. Yes. All of those things. But then also, then we have the modern era of the NBA from when Magic Johnson, Larry Bird come in. It becomes nationally prominent. It's on TV. All these things. But. We all know. I mean, there's these there's these teams of different eras. It's the Lakers and the Celtics in the 80s, then the Pistons in the late 80s, then the Bulls throughout the 90s, and then the Spurs have probably been the team of the last 20 years. But the last 10, the team of the decade, to be certain, is the Golden State Warriors. Absolutely. There's so many different iterations of that team when they won it before KD, then they won it with KD. Yep. But then they've been falling apart since then strictly because of injuries. And... Last year, they were the, what, second-worst team in the league because Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, both out. Kevin Durant has left. He was out, too, but then he gets traded to the Nets, and, you know, it's kind of Draymond versus the world, and he couldn't get them very far. 
So my next question for you, though, is what have you thought? I know that it's not a full resurgence because they are battling for the eight seed, but the fact that Steph Curry put this team on his back this year, he has received more hate than most guys in the league the last half a dozen years, including the most hate from his peers. It seems as if everybody in the league is always talking smack about Steph. They all think they're better than Steph. And here he is. He won the scoring title this year, and he's got his team on the brink of the playoffs. So uh, a pretty big uh, sort of screw you to the rest of the league and all the haters. You know what it is about Steph? Steph, to me, is is kind of reminds me a little bit of Eli Manning. Not overly emotional, not overly demonstrative, just kind of comes to work, does his thing, uh, takes all the hater aid in the world and just doesn't ever give anything back, right? That makes him a strong man, a, a phenomenal athlete, and, a, and an incredibly intense human being. The hate that comes from him is the fact that he never retorts. Sure. He never responds. Sure. Like he doesn't he doesn't give into it and he just sticks the mouthpiece out the side of the corner of his mouth and he smiles, right? Sure. And people it's almost it's it's almost like the reverse bully. Like this guy isn't a bully, but like you want to poke him to try to get this reaction out of him and he just gives you nothing. Sure. And when it's people give you nothing, then then you want to put him on a pike. You want to light a, you know fire under his foot like give me something for me to hate you because I hate you and I don't really know why. Tell me this. How much do you think twofold his background and his disposition influence the negative uh, view that a lot of the players in the NBA have of him? In other words, he's you know he's the son of an NBA player. Right. He grew up affluent. He went to private schools. True. Like he's he's for back of a better way of saying it, he's he's the least hood guy in the league. There's a lot of guys that are from the hood that have a, they are very that that's a part of their persona right. and what they project. He's not like that. But then you also add in that just as a, his natural way of being is very um gregarious, happy. You know, he, he's a very uh, childlike type guy just well, in his enthusiasm. If we go social cultural and I'm, I with Coulter, I'm always willing to Let's go, go there, right? Let's go. You just we we talked about Steph Curry. Uh, he he grew up with an NBA father, uh, a mom who played some college sports, grew up affluent. He is one of the few guys, when you look at the demographics of each man in this league that plays on a roster, right? Steph got to grow up living. Right. A lot of these other cats grew up surviving. I mean, like, Kawhi Leonard's dad got murdered at a car wash. Bingo. Like, LeBron James doesn't have a dad. Right. So when you grow up living and surviving, your edge, your demeanor, your affect, your display is a little bit different. And I just had this conversation uh, with my, we were talking about it with my homegirl, Wu-Tang Mags. Like, surviving and living are two different things. Steph gets to smile because... He's lived. He hasn't struggled per se, uh, and everyone has their own struggles, but you didn't grow up with the dad getting murdered. You didn't grow up sure. not having heat or electricity or food in the house. So your edge, your demeanor, like once you quote unquote make it is going to be different. The other thing is this kid didn't come from a, a touted college program. It's not like he, you know, he, he went to Michigan State or Duke or, or NC, like how is this guy this good coming from from you? What Santa Barbara? No, Davidson. I mean, Dave, UC Davidson. Davidson. Sorry, no, not even UC. Davidson. Not even Davidson. This, this was is, this da- is Davidson. 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 Yeah, country. totally. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's you, this. Here's a, here's one for you though. Did you know that Stephen Curry was on an official visit to the University of Montana once upon a time? Uh, Larry Kristoviak no almost way. got Stephen Curry, and he almost got Damian Lillard, but they instead went to their respective. Oh, Dame Dash! Like that—that that would have been a coup. Yeah, like that—that that was. Anyway, you we digress. Know, you want to know the only thing that kept Damian Lillard from coming to Montana? What? Montana's a Nike school, not an Adidas school. Dame was playing for an Adidas club. 
who's the number one Adidas guy in the world right now. Damian Dame Dash. Lillard. I know. He's been a part of the plan since he's 18 years old. Anyways, carry on. I, I got distracted, man. My adult ADD just kicked in. <laughs> Squirrel! <laughs> Stephen Curry, though, it is fascinating that he he is... Uh, he's so polarizing when... If you were to if you were to just make an archetype of someone that would be uncontroversial and resoundingly loved, it would be Steph Curry. But he's not. He's not. And that's what I want to get to. So this this brings me into the conversation I want to have. It's Nuanez now. I'm Coulter Nuanez, Regime Seabrook yep. with me in studio. SWX Montana Television, as well as 1029 ESPN Missoula on the radio. You want to call us, text us. Why do people hate Steph Curry? 361-3688. 361-3688. Shoot us a text and uh, get involved in the conversation here on Nuanez now. So... Remove the names. Yes. Okay, so I got a guy who uh, grew grew up in a uh, an, an underprivileged situation, broken home. He is anointed as the next great the next great one. He's on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he's 15 years old. This guy goes on to become the number one overall draft pick and is a 17-time All NBA performer, a four-time MVP, a three-time champion, and in the meantime, he's also a warrior for social justice. He's he is the next uh, great athlete in terms of taking uh, getting on a pedestal, speaking for his people, for his community. He pours. Tens of millions of dollars into schools in a disenfranchised part of the country and makes youth's lives better. Better. He's married to his high school sweetheart. He's never had a scandal. He's never been involved with the law. He's never uh, been outrageous in his use of drinking or anything like that. that and he's bringing back Space Jam. Yeah, so, so uh, right. So you know exactly who I'm talking about. But if I was to lay all that out for you, and then I told you when this guy is entering his 18th NBA playoffs that this guy is one of the most hated players in the league. Doesn't that seem crazy? Everyone hates the king. That Every, is true. Everyone hates the king, that right? Is true. And 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 it's um I don't know what it is with humans. Let's just remove it from sports. Sure. Whenever you're on top yeah. and you're a pioneer, my I had a college coach tell me, tell me, all the pioneers get the arrows. That's right. right. The man in the arena. Exactly. So when you're out there and you are a champion of social justice, you're a champion for your team, you're the face of a franchise or a league, you're going to take all the bars because there's other people who just can't understand, comprehend, respect, or even like what you're, what you're doing. And uh, the, the hate is out there. I'm not the biggest LeBron fan as, as far as like his teams that he's played on, but I respect the, the heck out of him. Thank you, FCC. I caught myself. <laughs> you can't say that. But uh, it's okay. H-E double hockey sticks. I, I'm Thank trying you. to keep it Thank clean. You. It's good Thank Friday. You know, get some fish going. Um, give this man his due that's and right. understand that's right. that. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's like, right. That's right. Why do people hate people when they're confident? There's a fine line between confidence and conceit, right? Mm-hmm. My man is confident as all get out because when you when you listen to him, when you read interviews, he is not a conceited individual and he can. there's a lot that he can be conceited about. Is he confident? Is he strong in his stance? Yes. But it's funny how the confident get labeled conceited by those who are not. Did you watch the Warriors-Lakers game the other night? The, the buzzer beater? Yep. Son. So what did you think of the, the, uh, the Son. common foul about 45 seconds earlier? Oh, man. LeBron getting his eyes washed out with oh, the fluids. Well, he's laying on the floor. He could barely walk. He could barely see. And then he's back <laughs> on the court and gets the game winner. And then afterwards, he's saying, I was seeing three rims, yada, yada, yada. What do you think of this? What do I think? I think he needs to stop hanging out with uh, EuroLeague soccer players, man, because sure. that's, that's where that drama comes from. So what if I told you that all of this is tactful? 
because the media wants to spin it, and uh, and the play, the hate the players that hate on LeBron James want to spin it that LeBron James is soft. LeBron James is a court jester. LeBron James is just okay. an actor. Okay. You know, LeBron James deserves an Oscar. Blah 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 blah. It's all part of the plan. It's all man. part of the plan. You know who deserved an Oscar too? Michael Jordan. Exactly. Best, the Darth Vader of the NBA. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding See, me? This, and this brings me full circle to what I wanted to ask you because, like you said. Everybody's always going to hate on the king. But I also think here we are now, a full 23 years removed from Michael Jordan's last year. No pun intended on the number. Sorry. You had to. I had to go there. For sure. 100%. It's also not a coincidence that's when he released The Last Dance, right? Shazam. But, I mean, his last great year, 98, with the Bulls. Yes, sir. we're, we're, We're 23 years removed from that. Regardless of which side you stand, LeBron James or Michael Jordan, or is Michael Jordan the greatest basketball player of all time? Michael Jordan is resoundingly loved and praised for his NBA career, and rightfully so. Absolutely. But I also think that we forget that the phenomenon I'm talking about where you can be the best player in the league and the most beloved player in the league and still the most hated player in the league, just like LeBron James and Stephen Curry both have been over the last handful of years, is not unique. In fact, Michael Jordan had all the haters in the world back in the day. Too. Tons. People people remember Mag- Magic Johnson as the most squeaky clean, awesome superstar of all time. Half the country hated Magic Johnson when he was in his prime, especially before uh, he was diagnosed with HIV, because half the country liked Larry Bird, not Magic Johnson. Or yep. they liked Isaiah Thomas, not Magic Johnson, or Michael Jordan, or whatever. So I guess what I'm saying is that it's not a new phenomenon. This has been going on for a while. It's just that when guys' careers end and then we get a chance to absorb it and a generation passes, then all of a sudden we romanticize them a little more than maybe we should. Well, that, and I also think that we 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 stay stuck in nostalgia. Um, you sure. know, we 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 want the Magics and the Mikes and the Larrys of the world, and when the Stephs and the Kevin Durants and the Kawhis don't match up with the Mount Rushmore of the NBA, the haterade just comes in twofold. And I just think that um, there's also this weird uh, generational transition. So. Guys my age, yep. like like any it's people between the ages, I would say, of forty and fifty five, right now, that's it's a huge transition. Like sure. every, everyone that we watch growing up, their coaches now are GMs. So like right. the, the like, hate. Jason, like Jason Kidd was was talking to LeBron on the sideline the other day. I completely forgot he was an assistant coach for the for the Lakers. Totally, and like there's that whole transition of the old people aren't letting go. Like they hate they hate this younger generation. Just like in twenty years from now, you know, my son's generation is going to look at. The that next superstar and be like that kid wasn't a, wasn't a LeBron you know what I mean so it's just this is very centricular and 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 cyclical and behaviors affects and displays when it comes to having people out there on top those were like good SAT words that was, that's great SAT words thank you sir you ACT probably, words I got a high score on your SAT yes I did we're gonna talk about high scores on SATs no we're not we're gonna talk about <laughs> we're talking about hamstring injuries as well as continuing this conversation on to on as now. Keep it right here. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Ready. Nuwana is now on ESPN Radio with special guest, Raju Zebra. Uh, 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 
Friday. Nuana is now one-stop shop for all things sports and music. Right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as SWX Montana Television, Brazil Seabrook joining me, Colter Nuana in studio. We're going to talk some more hip-hop in a minute, but first, we got to pay some bills. Well, happy now we go to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. It's time again for our May edition of the Sports Medicine Journal. It's proudly presented by Missoula Bone and Joint. And we are joined by Dr. Michael Wright. He's an orthopedic surgeon for Missoula Bone and Joint. And Doc, how you been? How's things? Things are good. Thanks for having me back. I know we are now enjoying some of these sports that are played outside or competing outside, and that's been awesome. I was down in Ogden, Utah last weekend for the Big Sky Conference Outdoor Track and Field Championships. One of my favorite uh, things to cover each and every year. It's an awesome display of athleticism. I love the the diversity of athletes. But unfortunately, a a lot of times on this uh, segment, we are talking about common sports injuries, and there's a variety of injuries that can come up from track and field because it is uh, such a high training level. There's a variety of different movements, some of them sort of unnatural. So I I guess, Doc, probably in high-impact sports like football, you're going to see the most catastrophic, so to speak, injuries. And, uh, you know, other sports, they come with their their common injuries. But track, there's probably the biggest variety of of common injuries, so to speak, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's one thing that's unique about track and field is, uh, you know, you have sprinters, you have mid-distance, you have long-distance, you have throwers, and, you know, really it's more each event uh, kind of has its own type of injuries that occur specific to that event. So with track and field, we really do see the whole, the whole gamut of injuries. Let's start with hamstrings because hamstring is a, a big one, especially when it comes to running. And it seems like there's a variety of incremental versions of a hamstring injury, anything from a tweak to a severe pull to then, like I did once upon a time, this is actually such a silly story on my part, once upon a time, an early March softball game, I tore my hamstring completely off the bone because because I didn't warm up right. I went out there and sprinted to first base, and boom, there it went, rolled all the way up my leg, and it was horrible. It wasn't a complete tear. It didn't need surgery, but it was, uh, it was not good. It was one of the worst injuries I've ever had. But that's that's not uncommon, right? I mean, the, the severity of a hamstring injury, it varies across the board. But when it's bad, it could be catastrophic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you stated it perfectly. I mean, whenever I think about hamstring, I just think about a big spectrum uh, of injuries. You know, it can be something that's extremely minor all the way to something that's extremely severe, uh, even necessitating surgery. And, you know, when you think about hamstring injuries, you, you know, one easy way to think about it is going back to the anatomy itself and thinking about what is a hamstring. And a hamstring is a big muscle that has a tendon on both ends, and it is really a huge structure. You know, when we reconstruct ACLs, we use the hamstring sometimes because it is so big and we can fold it up to build a new ACL. But the hamstrings run down the back of the leg. They start up on the pelvis where they originate as a tendon, and then they turn into a muscle belly in the back of the leg. And then as they insert onto the proximal medial tibia, they also they insert as a tendon. So it's a structure that goes from tendon to muscle, then back to tendon again. And, and the, the implications of that from an injury standpoint is we see the most common injuries with hamstrings at where the muscle is turning into a tendon. That's the most common thing. So that's going to be low posterior thigh and also high posterior thigh. And when people have an injury at that level, it almost never needs surgery. You know, whenever the muscle belly is involved, as we've talked about before, there's blood supply, there's ability to heal uh, when the muscle is involved. 
you know, where you're running the problems with hamstring injuries is when you, you injure the tendinous portion, which is fortunately quite a bit more rare. And the really the indication for surgery with hamstring injuries is when the hamstring completely avulses off the bone. And the, the main one, and I see a couple, a couple of these a year probably that I have to fix, is when the hamstrings pull off of the pelvis. Uh, high up which would be pain really high up in kind of the deep buttock region and these are the people you see classic example is a water skiing injury where they feel a huge pop and then they have bruising down the whole back of their leg and that's when the the hamstrings completely tear off of the pelvis and then they're retracted often uh, several centimeters and so the operative repair of those is to is to reattach the hamstring back down to the pelvis uh, bone uh, similar to what we do for for other tendinous injuries such as rotator cuff uh, or achilles but that's kind of a long-winded answer to your your question about hamstring injuries but you know the age-old treatment of rice rest ice compression elevation really goes a long way with with uh, most hamstring injuries. Um, and the mechanism by which uh, athletes usually tear them is exactly what you said. It's usually athletes that are not well conditioned, not well warmed up, uh, who go out and try to eccentrically load their leg quickly. And what that means is their muscles are contracting as they're getting longer. That's called an eccentric contraction. And that's the classic mechanism that's described uh, by how a hamstring gets injured. But uh, this is something that is you know, can take a long time to heal. It's frustrating for athletes. They, they often heal slower than anyone would like. And it's really important to treat it appropriately the first time so you don't keep having setback after setback as you try to rehab from it. I know a lot of guys that have done uh, track and field and also football that it, it seems like once if you're a, a really muscle bound, for lack of a better word, a really buff guy, a lot of times when you pull it, then all of a sudden it's going to be an issue forever. I mean, it seems like I, I knew guys that they would go, you know, years between retweaking it, but it would almost always come back around. Why do you, why is it that with hamstrings that it seems to linger uh, for so long? Well, I think part of the reason for that that kind of re-injury cycle that you just mentioned is that when they do heal, they don't really heal normally per se. They often heal as somewhat of a scarred tissue structure. Uh, you know, the fact they can heal is a good thing, but it's not normal. It's never normal again. You're always going to have some scar tissue at that myotendinous junction where the muscle turns into a tendon, and you know it's going to be a, a site that's just predisposed, uh, unfortunately, to re-injury because of the way it healed, it'll never heal, you know, 100% normal. That's fascinating. Okay, so then when, by the way, Dr. Michael Wright joining us. It is our uh, sports medicine journal presented by Missoula Bone and Joint here in Missoula. Dr. Wright is an orthopedic surgeon at Missoula Bone and Joint. How severe does an injury have to be to require surgery? Is, is it only predicated on a tear or is there a surgery that can help a, a severe pull? Or a, how do you go about in terms of if and when somebody needs to go actually onto the surgery table. Well, the real indication for surgery is when you have those great big uh, three tendon tears from the pelvis that retract. You know, we're, we're almost never doing surgery on lower level hamstring injuries that are more strains, again, at that muscle tendon uh, interface. It's, it's extremely rare to pull the hamstring completely off the tibia, but that does happen occasionally, and that requires surgery. So, you know, I would say 90 plus percent of hamstring injuries can be successfully managed uh, non-operatively. There's, there's a good 
good body of literature on how to manage these conservatively, everything from rice up to kind of more novel techniques. You'll hear a lot about the pros getting PRP injections into their hamstrings. Uh, they'll get corticosteroid injections to try to accelerate the rehabilitation. Uh, the evidence really isn't quite there yet. You know, on PRP, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, may or may not help. That's where you take someone's, a sample of someone's blood and then you spin it down in a centrifuge and harvest the growth factors from it and then inject that into the the zone of injury and it's been studied pretty extensively all over the body but that's a very used very very liberally uh in in collegiate and especially professional athletes is prp injections which is something they try to do uh for hamstring injuries um but again no evidence that it truly accelerates the recovery but theoretically makes a lot of sense deliver growth factors to the site of of injury to try to expedite uh, the recovery uh but the main thing with hamstring injuries is you just got to let them heal right the first time you got to not try to return to sport too soon or you'll just get into that vicious cycle of of re-injury partial healing re-injury partial healing uh which is not a good place to be for an athlete trying to get back to sport no question it's our sports medicine journal with dr michael wright from missoula bone and joint we do this once a month we're talking track and field specifically hamstring injuries but doc pivoted we talked about labral injuries specifically uh labrums within the shoulders and the hips a couple months ago and by the way you can find all of our interviews both on the missoula bone and joint website as well as on our station website 1029 espn missoula we have them in our podcast but we also have them in an independent podcast tab there as well so please go check those out if you want to learn about some of the other stuff we've talked about but it seems to me doc that labral injuries would probably be pretty uh, significant and common in the throwers like the hammer throwers the discus throwers javelin things like that so uh, is that true is that sort of the, the main affliction for the field athletes Absolutely. Yeah. Shoulders can be very, very problematic for those throwers that are doing repetitive over and over and over uh, the same type motion. So labrums can be very, very problematic. Uh, Javelin uh, throwers often have have rotator cuff uh, issues as well, just based upon the the nature of that uh, specific sport. But yeah, for for all the throwers, we worry a lot about shoulders. We worry about instability of the shoulder. We worry about labrums. Again, we've talked about the labrum being a stabilizing structure in the shoulder. Um, also, ACL injuries, not to go back to the, the common uh, ACL injury, but we see that pretty frequently in javelins too. There's something about that landing, a slightly bent knee and that pivot um, that, that predisposes them uh, to that type of injury as well. So, you know, track and field really is unique. You know, we really see very specific injury patterns with each of the different uh, sporting events. We will continue to address pertinent sports topics, pertinent injuries, and pertinent recovery regimens each and every month with our Sports Medicine Journal, proudly presented by Missoula Bone and Joint. Dr. Michael Wright joining us, and Doc, we appreciate it. It'll be baseball season next month. It still kind of is baseball season now, but it'll be harder baseball season next month. So maybe we'll talk some Tommy John surgery, because I know that's one that's been in the lexicon for quite some time. But we appreciate the time today. Thanks so much, and uh, be well in the meantime. Okay, thanks for having me, Coulter. Presented by Missoula Bone and Joint, we go over some of the most common injuries in all sports. Regime Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuana, is in studio. What's the worst you ever got hurt? Uh, me, beside my spider bite? 
Right? Oh, by the way, you need to give people the update. He's not wearing a walking boot, which is a beautiful thing because Regime got, long story short, he got bit by either a hobo spider, brown lacrosse, some sort of vicious, poisonous spider. It was bad. This dude had a hole in his foot. He was lamenting to me like, dude, my summer's over. I'm never going to be able to hike or walk around, but you're already healed up. You got. I'm healing up. The doctor was pretty surprised. I didn't, you know, I can't spin webs or stick to walls, but I might have got a, like a mutant healing factor. Who knows? <laughs> um, but no, yeah, foot is feeling good. I'm going to go on a, I might go walk a mile tomorrow real quick. I don't know. I'm ready. I'm excited for basketball on Sunday. Is there anything else that's the worst injury you got besides your spine? I broke, I, unfortunately, I played football in New York City sure. and we had this weird stuff called AstroTurf, not to be confused with Sprint Turf. Sure. This is a, this is like a uh, piece of carpet over concrete, basically. Lit, which actually, not only was it on top of concrete, but it had slate underneath. Sure. Right? Um, so I have in my left foot broken 80% of every bone in that foot, which was very painful. Yep. And then my right foot, uh, about 90% of every bone in my foot. So um, last year during COVID, I was actually supposed to have reconstructive surgery on one foot last summer. And then this summer was supposed to happen again. And then the Spider-Man thing happened. So I would just say breaking multiple bones in both feet never fun like i i just realized me and my feet are do not have a good history together yeah. i've had so many freak injuries i won't even take you through of all of them i tore my hamstring almost completely off the bone playing softball once i got my eye poked all the way out of my head tore my uh what do you call it? Your your retina in two different places. Detached your retina. Didn't detach it. Just you, slight little tear, scar tissue back there. So I got blind spots on my whole right side. So I can't box anymore. So I got no peripheral vision in this eye, period. Oh, I know where to sucker punch you <laughs> now. I'm I'm and not, I'm a lefty. Cool. Thank this, you. Th that happened when I was in college. And I did get sucker punched one time after that. And I was like, man, I know my fighting career is over because I didn't even see that coming. <laughs> mm -hmm. 102.9 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. More talk about the NBA and uh, the hierarchy of men in the NBA after this. Keep it right here. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home I'm gonna be angry. <laughs> oh, that's original. Bass up to here. Gotta love it. Nuana is now. Welcome back in. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're having a great time. Hope you're preparing yourself for an excellent weekend. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Regime Seabrook breaking it down. Who is this original version by? I can't believe I don't know this. I forget. Who is it, Tommy? I, God, I, I almost said the Daz man, but I know it isn't. I can't hear him. Regardless, Dope Beats, Tommy Evans in the back. Mystery Thing in the Show is an awesome show. 
Heard from Freddie Banks, New Montana State defensive coordinator. Heard from Deary Todd, New Montana football committee transfer from Michigan State. We also had our Sports Medicine Journal with Dr. Michael Wright of Missoula Bone and Joint talking hamstring injuries when it comes to track and field. And we've also been talking intermittently NBA, music, and the crossover between all of it and our socioeconomic and sociological existence as Americans and as humans. I like it. Oh, just real quick. I think sure. it's the whispers. The whispers. I think it's the whispers. And the beat goes on. I think I'm right. Tommy, like give me give me some historical context, man. Is it the whispers? It is the whispers. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. There's so many elements of it that's so interesting to me. I think that the 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 what I would call post-disco funk is some of the best music in the world, and it's also had so much influence on the first iteration of hip-hop that that hit the mainstream and the current iteration of hip-hop as well, and yet sometimes it just gets so buried. Like, How many people actually know who the Daz Band is? You just mentioned the Daz Band. Oh, come on, or Ohio Players? Right. Come on, man. Like, most people don't really know who these these bands are. And so they either hear it sampled later on or... I think my dad played that and I wasn't really paying attention. Like one of those moments. But no, you're right. It was almost like this great, um, it was fusion actually because you you, you kind of came out of the hippie dippy 60s, right? Uh, disco was dying. Rap wasn't born yet. And funk was just like, America wasn't ready for black rock and roll artists. Right. So like, and it wasn't, it wasn't guitar solos and, 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 and pre-power chords. It was heavy bass. It was heavy, you know, drumming and bass and America just wasn't ready for that yet until about 1980 something and then sampling came out and all of that music came back in its new iteration and form. Have you watched that Netflix about Quincy Jones? Oh, son. How good is that? It's so don't, good. Don't you have some sort of connection to Quincy Jones or didn't your old man have some sort yeah, of Yeah, my, my dad, my stepfather and my um, my father were both master recording engineers and wow. uh, Tommy actually knows my stepdad and looks like my step, my engineer, like stepdad engineers, like one of his idols, like came out with a bunch of different machinations for recording, like three-time Grammy award winner, pretty, not trying to brag, but it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, he's done work with Quincy Jones, Frank Sinatra, like, some of the greats. So yeah, totally. It's been awesome. It was a great experience growing up with. By the way, all that good stuff we had in the show, including great conversation and banter like this, you can find it on the podcast. Podcast is available all your various podcast platforms as well as on our station website, 102.9 ESPN.com. 1029, not 102.9, 1029ESPN.com. Don't throw the point in there. That's just what you need on your radio dial. Podcast proudly presented by SportsBet Montana, Blackfoot Communications, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Do you still? So, this is such a low-hanging fruit question, but I've never actually. I'm asked, grabbing. I've never actually asked you this. Uh, not only as uh, one of the great contributors to this show, but this is my friend. Two-part question: Do you believe Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time? Absolutely. And and is, I, is I and anything, I'm not a Michael Jordan fan. Is there anything that LeBron James or anyone else can do to overcome that? Well, see, to me. It, it, <laughs> That's such a hard, two-fold question. There's the double edge. Um, Michael Jordan single-handedly, to me, is the greatest basketball player to ever play the game. For sure. LeBron James is the single greatest athlete to ever play the game of basketball. That's interesting. Because I think my, I think LeBron James is a significantly better basketball player than Michael Jordan. Michael I think Jordan he, is just a ferocious competitor and perhaps the most coordinated player that ever played in the NBA. I see. I, I'm not sure about that. I'm, I'm that I'm not sure about. 
I, oh, great debate. Let's go, big the, boy. The LeBron is the, I would argue, is the only player in the history of the league. That, that's not true. That's not true. I believe that Bill Russell was like this as well. But I think LeBron James is the Ooh, only player, the only player since Bill Russell that fully dictates the tempo and tone of a game from start to finish. Michael Jordan dominates the end of games. Michael Jordan dominates the times when he has the ball. LeBron James, and this is what I'm talking about when people are, are dogging on LeBron for getting the, the saline solution squirted in his eye and for playing the, you know, the, the, the victim like a WWF superstar or whatever. It's all part of the plan. LeBron sets the tone from the opening tip. LeBron James controls the refs. LeBron James controls the other team. If if LeBron James wants the game to be fast, it's fast. If he wants it to be slow, it's slow. Jordan never did any of that. He just did, give me the ball and I'm going to cut your throat out. So I I don't know. I See, here's where I'm at is that I'm tired of debating Jordan versus anybody or LeBron versus anybody. Okay. Because I think that the 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 narrative is never going to change. Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. Hands down. I don't think there's anything that will ever make anybody be able to catch him. I think LeBron could win four more championships, and we still wouldn't say that he's better than Jordan because I just think it's entrenched. So why not just consider them in completely separate categories? Well, that's what we have to do. And, and the comparison, and I, this is why I love you, because we can argue. We can debate and not argue. That's there, right. there, there's that's a right. difference. The lost there's, start. Try it this weekend. I yeah, promise you'll, you'll it, enjoy yourself. It's, it's amazing. And if if more politicians can do what we just did, okay. we might live in a better world. No question. There it is. Role models on a Friday. Let's go. <laughs> no, we, we need to stop comparing apples to oranges because different eras, different rules, different situations. The height of the NBA when Mike was playing versus where LeBron is now. Like He kind of set it up for where LeBron is to be, but they are the greatest players, respectively, of their genres. There it is. And two of the greatest athletes in the history of America. There it Thanks is. Thanks so much for chilling with us on a Friday. It's been a fun show. Next week, we're back at it, 4 p.m. on Monday. Ty Gregorak, he's in town. He's going to swing on by. He is uh, ready to roll. This is why I love having Coach Ty on the show because he will sit there and stew for two months before he gets his debut. So he'll come locked and loaded. We might get two shows out of him. Yeah. Monday right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. We'll see you then. Have a great weekend. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.